Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Come on, are you ready for this month? All right, turn your Bibles quickly. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. I want to preach quickly. We pray and we get out of here. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. You see, this month I'll be teaching on prayer. And the title of my sermon on prayer this morning is it's, it's, it's in itself prayer. Let me take that again. This month I'll be teaching on prayer. And the title of my sermon on prayer this morning is itself a prayer. And I've titled it. God, make us a people of prayer. Can you chorus that with me, one to go? You see, of all the beautiful things that Celebration Church is known for, we're known for a people who love the word, a people vocal about evangelism, a people of worship and of excellence. It is important that of all these things, we are known as a people of prayer. And mind you, we are not doing bad at all. You know, years ago, we were doing worship services at a venue that had four different churches, respectfully. And you see, someone had told his friend, the moment you find yourself in Lagos, you need to find yourself in Celebration Church, you'll be so blessed. You know, and the friend had hyped our church, if you may call it that. But this guy didn't really know the name of the church. And he found himself at the venue to discover there were four churches there. He couldn't reach his friend to find out which particular one because he couldn't remember the name of the church. And so he was talking to the cleaners to try to help him find the particular church. And he said, what, what church? What's the name of the pastor? He said, I don't know. What's the name of the church? I don't know. And he said, well, in that church, they pray a lot. And then the cleaner said, is that one? Is that one? Celebration church, go there. And the cleaner was right. Hallelujah. You know, and something happened just two weeks ago. I was with one of the veterans in the body of Christ, a father in the body of Christ. And he talked about how he sometimes streams our services. Not sometimes. He said he does that every day. He, he listens to a sermon every day. I almost fell off my chair. I, you know, I was first and foremost, taken aback by his humility, you know, and just more conscious, a lot of people are watching us, amen, and then he talked about one particular service he streamed, and it was prayer time, and he joined us, and then we went on, first 30 minutes, and then one hour, and he's like, okay, and we got two hours, and three hours, and four hours, and he said, I've been doing church 50 years, I've seen not many churches, who pray like you. Hallelujah. And I think we are doing okay, but God is calling us higher. Especially because as a church, the job of a ministry gift is till we all come. Because I'll be deceiving myself to assume that everyone here has a prayer life. So the fact that some of us are prayerful, that's a good start. But God says till we all come. Help me not to person by your side. Say, come up here. Come up here. God is calling you to build a prayer life. Hallelujah. And that's why we're here. We're building a prayer life. God is making us a people of prayer. Say loud amen. amen. Your amen can be louder than that. Amen. 
And there are two simple reasons why prayer is important. Two simple reasons. Number one, so that God can do in your life what he wants to do. I'm going to explain that. But let's itemize first. So that God can do in your life what he wants to do. And number two, so that the devil cannot do in your life what he wants to do. The first is so that God can do in your life what he wants to do. And then the second is so that the devil cannot do in your life what he wants to do. Listen to me. There are things that God wants to accomplish in your life. Purposes that he wants to accomplish in your life that cannot be accomplished until you become a person of prayer. And someone will ask me, is that an affront to the sovereignty of God? No. God is all powerful, but he's not mannerless. I mean, think of scriptures like Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, where Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart to knock. If you hear my voice and open, I will enter and sup with you. And you're wondering, God, why the catch Caesar? Everything belongs to you. The door belongs to you. The person inside belongs to you. The house belongs to you. Why the curtsy? Because you see, God in his sovereignty has given man free will. And he has chosen prayer as a medium through which if a man should so desire, a man can invite him into his life so that he can accomplish his desires in his life. So that whatever you bind on earth shall be what? Come on, say it louder. Whatever you lose on earth shall be what? Meaning the power is in your hand to release spiritual execution, to sponsor it. God is all-powerful, but he's not mannerless. He has given man free will, and he's going to respect that. And so now the question is, if the Lord opens your eyes, Oh my God. To see where you ought to be right now. Will there be any disparity between where you are right now and where God designed for you to be? 1st of October, 2023. Is there any disparity? The, the songwriter says, what things we often forfeit and what needless pains we bear. What needless burdens are you bearing? What needless pains are you carrying because of your prayer life or the lack thereof? The good news is, whatever disparity, it can be covered up. Come on, are you with me? Listen, the moment you just wake up and you decide to be serious, it says, the years that the cankerworm has stolen, I will restore to you. If you believe that this is that type of month, shout Amen! Yes. So, prayer is important so that God can do in your life what he wants to do. I told you to open Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30, just so you know I've not forgotten. You know what that text says? It says, so I sought for a man. Oh my God. I sought for a man, Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. I sought for a man among them who will make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. 
And time will fail me to talk about the context here and the balance between the justice and the mercy of God. You see, so there are things that God wants to do, even for people and nations that don't deserve it. And he's looking for intercede, people to intercede so that his mercy can prevail. But listen, if he does not bring justice when people deserve justice, He'll be tampering with one of his very crucial attributes. And so the salvation is changed. Come on, are you with me? You know, so now he says, I sought for a man. And I don't know about you. If you understand the real context of this, I think it's embarrassing. Just imagine someone climbs this stage, looks around and says, I sought for a man and found none. That's going to be embarrassing. Because there's so many men here. For him to say this, he means that all the men he looked at and considered were not of the stature that is required. Are you getting what I'm saying? There is a particular stature in the spirit that God is looking for. And for instance, one, one simple text that highlights this is Luke chapter 18 verse 1, where Jesus said, men ought to pray. So he's not just talking about the natural physical attributes of the natural man, maybe the, 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 the shape of your jaw or the strength of your fist. He's talking about people who can tarry, tarry in the place of prayer to execute his plan on the earth. He says, I sought for a man. Is there such a man in this place? Listen, and of course, I'm not talking about um, a particular gender. I'm talking about people who can stand strong in the will of God. There are people God can count on. And God is constantly seeking for such men. May such a man be found in you. Please say loud amen. amen. Listen, this is one of the ways you must not let God down. That in your sphere of influence, God can be able to count on you to execute his counsel there. And when you look at a text like Luke 18.1, you may not really understand it because of the limitation of language and especially the KJV rendition. When it says, men ought to pray. The word translated ought is the same word that was used in Genesis, I, I beg your pardon, John chapter 3 verse 7. When Jesus said, you must be born again. The word ought was translated must. So that word is used to emphasize necessity. Where there are no options. Do you understand what I'm saying? Aha. Uh -huh. So, if you want to use that word, the way it was used in John chapter 3 verse 7, you will say, man must pray. Maybe ought to pray. You, if you put it that way, you don't get the necessity. Man must pray. It is not a matter of, devo um, what's it called? Denominational preference. It's not just the exuberance of the charismatic, you know, people. It is a lifeline for spiritual survival. You must pray. Your prayer life is what I call a vital sign. You know, when you go to the hospital, one of the first things that will be done to you is they will check your vitals. They will check your pulse, your temperature, and all those things. And the reason that's important is because the fact that you look okay does not mean you're okay. Come on, are you with me? Medical science knows that. And sometimes someone was strong enough to walk into the hospital, but by the time they check their vitals, they know 
that this man, except if he's admitted immediately, there will be problems. And the Bible bears witness to the fact that a man can be a walking dead man. That after Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he was dead, but he was still walking around. You can look okay and not be okay. And I'm telling you, one of the ways to measure and test your spiritual health is your prayer life. If you can go three days successfully without praying, you are not all right. Something is wrong. Because the one who created man said, man must pray. He ought always to pray and not to faint. And so the moment prayer is lacking in your life, blow the alarm. Do whatever you can. That prayer life must come back. I'm agreeing with you. This month of October, your prayer life is coming back. Say amen louder. Fire is burning on your altar again. I said fire is burning on your altar again. And one of the things God restores in such a month like this is the sense of urgency. Sometimes we even lack the urgency. Maybe initially we were bothered that we're not praying as much. But after a while we got so used to it. I mean, think about it. One of the most critical times in the history of humanity, the night before Jesus went to the cross, the disciples were sleeping. Think about that. At such a critical time, you know, and I'm still talking about God counting on you when we talk about God seeking for a man. This is another instance. So Jesus needed these people to tarry with him in prayer, and he came and found them sleeping. At the most important point in his earthly ministry, these men couldn't stand. It's a problem. And you know, what makes it really sad is this. Jesus was not going to the cross for himself. You realize that, don't you? He wasn't going to the cross for himself. Jesus didn't need salvation. Everything he was doing, he was doing for them. And so if they were praying, they were praying for themselves. But sometimes, even for ourselves, we fail to pray. Jesus wants to do something for us. And he's just saying, tarry, pray. Sometimes it's as little as one hour. And even therein, we fail. God is restoring your sense of urgency. Come on, I said, God is restoring your sense of urgency. I'm telling you, spiritual fervor is welling up from inside you. I mean, it's going to hit you like a tornado. From nowhere, when you are sleeping, you will feel the nudge of God for you to stand up and pray. And this time around, the nudge will be too strong for you to go on sleeping. You will feel almost physically the hand of God tapping you, saying, Sarah, wake up and intercede. Wake up, wake up. And he will reveal to you secret things that you knew not of. So shall it be. Come on, I said, so shall it be. And quickly, because time is fast spent, two things you must know when you're rebuilding your prayer life. Two things that you must know when you're rebuilding your prayer life. Number one, and everybody needs this principle I'm about to give. Because even the best of us, 
will have days where you wake up and you are praying and everywhere is dry. Is, have you prayed Hamatan prayer before? You, you are wondering, God, what is, are we fighting? Is everything okay? Maybe even the night before, before you slept, you prayed and everywhere was shaking. Then you slept, you woke up and you are praying and you're just, it's, it's, it's like draw soup. Have you prayed okra prayer before? How do I explain okra to our international audience? Okra is, anyway. <laughs> what must you know? Listen to me. As a matter of principle, standing on the faithfulness of the word of God, not on your experience, you must know this. Prayer will never be a waste of time. Sometimes it may feel like it. But your feelings are not always accurate. In fact, most times they are not. Just because you don't feel like the prayer is making progress doesn't mean it's not. You know what God says? It says, he that comes to the Father must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. You know what Jesus said? He says, ask and you shall what? Seek and you shall what? Find. Knock and what will happen? The door will be opened. It's a perfect principle in God. He says a broken and a contrite heart he will not despise. What if you knew, no matter how bland the prayer seems, every time you pray, you are achieving something. It may not seem charismatic enough for you. And even the high priest may see Hannah, you know, and the way she's just making sounds is strange. He doesn't really know about that because from his Bible school, they are taught him that prayer must be articulate and eloquent. But he sees this woman and she's just groaning and he doesn't know. In fact, he makes a guess that maybe she's drunk. And she said, I'm just pouring out my heart to the Lord. Thank God for eloquence. Thank God for the seven keys to effective prayer. But listen, when you pour out your heart to the Lord, he always hears. The Bible says, if, we, if you ask in my name, I will hear. Do you believe that? Uh-huh. You, prayer will never be a waste of time. Never. Never. It's a heart matter. So much so that Hagar is traveling with a newborn baby and the baby is crying and God sent an angel. The Bible says God heard the cry of the baby. It thank God for eloquence. But you see, if oh my God, you, when you open your heart to the Lord, he hears. It's, some, it's a confidence you must have. It's, prayer is not a show. And thank God for the times where it looks like there is a staring and there are a lot of... And you see, you come to a point of discernment when you begin to understand these things. That the prophet is on the mountain and there is, there is an earthquake, but God is not in the earthquake. Rocks are splitting, but God is not in that. There is a mighty wind, but God is not in that. But after everything, there is a still small voice. I have discovered that in many um, landmarks in my walk with God... Some of the encounters came in a very simple, unassuming way. It, 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 nothing shook. I didn't fall. I, you know, but I just knew beyond an iota of doubt that I had touched God. 
What if you had that mentality every morning? He that comes to the Father must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You know what he said? He says, I have not called the seed of Jacob to seek me in vain. Do you believe that? And the reason you must understand this is because the devil uses this as a trick to deceive you. You've only begun praying and the devil is telling you it's not working. You're just wasting your time. And sometimes, whilst you are praying, you are obsessing about the fact that you are not praying enough whilst you are praying. And you don't see how counterproductive it is. That, that, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm praying. And shut the devil out and just focus. Amen, somebody. So what did I say you must know? Number one. Hallelujah. And the second one, very simple and straightforward, is this. No matter how far away you've been, you can be on fire again. Listen to me. Years ago, I was praying and I saw a vision. In that vision, there was someone who was irresponsible in his devotional life. And so, hi, my God. And so, in the place of prayer, he was absent. He walked away. And when he walked away, the devil quickly came. It was, the, the vision was, was the vision of a beach. And the devil was building like a sand castle. But I could see that that sand castle represented affliction and all the wiles of the enemy. The devil was building, you know, an affront against this believer. And he was building it and building it as the, as the castle was getting higher. The, builder, the, the believer woke up, came there, and scattered it. And I could see the devil visibly angry. But guess what? The believer didn't stay. This is not a perfect vision. This is not how any of us should be. But I'm just letting you know about the faithfulness of God, even where some of us are weak. Even, you won't be there for long. Say loud, amen. amen. But I'm just letting you know something. I'm heading somewhere. And the believer left again. And the devil hastily started building again, building again. When he got to a particular point, the believer came back again, scattered everything. The devil was visibly angry. The believer left again. And throughout, repeatedly, that cycle continued. And I just thought about the faithfulness of God. Hi, my God. Even when you have not been consistent, well, now you are here. Now you're here. Some of you have not talked to God in a long time, but you heard we had a prayer service and you are here. Listen, fire is coming on your altar in this service. Please, even if you're not saying amen for yourself, say amen for the person by your side. I am telling you, hey my God, let me say this. Nobody needs to have spiritual favor as a thing of permanent past, except you're not willing. The day you choose to wake up, Oh my God. The day you choose to wake up, everything can change. Do you believe the word of God? It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So God is not going to say, well, oh, that time has passed when I was calling you that year. Hi. Haven't you read the story of the prodigal son? His arms are always open wide. I'm telling you. I'm telling you it's not over. Are you listening to me? At the end of the day, the devil is about to find out that Samson's secret was never really his hair. Just put his hand on the pillar. 
Let him trust on God again. Let him call on God again. Listen, like I said, a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. Let me say this in a prophetic, metaphorical way. Samson, your hair is growing again. Oh, I said your hair is growing again. You used to see visions before you have seen them again. You used to flow in the power of God before you have seen, you are flowing in the power of God again. Unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above, all you can ask or think, according to the power that works in you. Listen, it may seem like there is no power left in you, but I'm telling you, there is still power in you. And as you wait on God in this season, you are mounting up with wings as eagles. If you believe, shout aloud, amen. Hey, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And as you pray, you will feel it rising. You feel it rising. You feel it rising. And the simple principle we'll touch on others this month is this. Very simple principle. Create a time and a place of prayer. Create See, I will pray tomorrow is not a strategy. That's not a plan. You must create a time and a place. Let me say this. Some of us know about prayer time, but we don't know about prayer place. And it's been proven psychologically that you must have a place that is associated with the goals you're trying to accomplish. Have a place especially as a beginner, have a place and have a time. And thank God, listen, I know you want to pray four hours daily and seven hours daily, but some of you, you pray long once in a while. That's why you're where you are. It is better to have a smart, realistic, easily achievable, consistent prayer time and regimen every day and until you do that, you don't have a prayer life. Please, are you listening to me? So, set a time and a place. So, uh, right now, I want to give you a few seconds. What part of your house will be that place and at what time? Listen, you know what? Do this because the faintest writing is sharper than the sharpest memory. Write it down, write it down. What part of your house and at what time? We're building a strategy for the month. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Every time I call on your name, you will hear, you will answer. There is power in the name of the Lord. Every time I call on your name, you will hear, you will answer. 
There is power in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Every time I call on your name, is that your story? You will hear, you will answer. There is power in the name. Listen, I sense that this month, the mighty hand of God will visit families. The strong man has been made a small man. Because all his armory has been seized. Oh my God. If you receive that in your spirit, say loud amen. I said all his armory has been seized. Accountability partners are a system. You must have a system. Don't just say, well, I'm, I'm trying. Coming to church is a system. Triumphative devotion is a system. You must have a system. What system have you created in your life? You know, Pastor T was preaching about this some time ago, pastor of our Potako church. And he said, for instance, when you're trying to develop a prayer life, you can say, until I have prayed, I will not eat. That's a system. That's a system. Writing things that will remind you of your spiritual goals and you know, goals in life generally. Pasting them where you can see them. That's a system. Create a system. You know what? God says, don't let it depart from your eyes. Listening to sermons every day is a system. Have you noticed when you listen to sermons, you will pray more? Listening to sermons is a system. Listening to gospel music is a system. Create systems in your life. Do you know it's possible, especially if you do a kind of work that does not require a high level of concentration. When you are doing the work, maybe even washing the plates in the kitchen and worship music is ongoing. Has it ever happened that at some point you just began to sing along and you felt a stare and you began to pray? These are things that you can begin to do intentionally in your life to encourage the things of God in your spirit. Paul told Timothy, he says, find the flames of the gift of God in you. You must create a system to encourage the work of God inside you. That's how it's done. Thank you, Jesus. Very simple, and then we'll take more steps. But I want to make sure we have at least some time. Time is fast spent, but a little more time to pray before we go. Is that okay? Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, as I pray now, I receive. Say it again. As I pray now, I receive a new grace, a new interest in the business of prayer. Say there is fire on my altar. Say I take from the deposits of God within me and I put upon me right now. Say as I pray in the spirit, I receive utterance specific utterance for the things that I am going through answers to my questions solutions to my problems and the power of God is 
is released and displayed. Begin to pray right now. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Sota kapalatale apakatopre rekele mande rekele koprete rotoba esapele rute kapale lepa lekoteliane ashete kapale rotele menekeva batale lopele 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 adilatobe rotokepele kodina ashete kepale valero de rekepale understand it now but if it makes sense to you I want, to, I want you to pray it like your life depends on it you see the Bible says ask for rain in the year of the latter rain meaning sometimes prayer is an invitation for you to receive what God has already allotted you and I just sense for some of us the cloud is already gathered God is ready to dispense new levels, new resources, new influence in your life. And God is just tearing up his people to say, ask daughter, ask son. And so you, you're going to say, in the name of Jesus, everything that God has apportioned for me in this season of my life, everything I ought to have and to be, I step into it in the name of Jesus and I receive it by faith. Begin to pray right now. Begin to pray right now. I will not miss my season of visitation. I will not miss my season of visitation. Pray as loud 
Pote, Soto Copote, Setepate, Palema, no Coprete, Roto Coprete, Kebrelete, Reto Capacate, Shendele Meneco Pahai, Ratapale Meneco Pelia. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Listen, I sense in my spirit, some of you are not done. You, you see, and those that I'm talking about, you know it. You sense that you are in a special spiritual season of transition. Like there is more. There ought to be more in your life by now. There ought to be more. There ought to be more. So I want you to take this prayer as a weapon. You go home, you create some time. Some of you, the Lord is nudging you now. You, you need to fast. We're going to announce a fast in this church. You need to fast. You, you take this. You, Lord, I, I sense it. The clouds are full of rain. Rain ought to be falling by now. Some of you, with things you have been praying for for a long time. Ah, God is not slow. God is not slow. Some of you, you feel a stir in your spirit. A holy anger to say enough is enough. We will pray one more prayer. Hallelujah. You will pray one more prayer. And I want you to never forget this. You see, one thing Elijah showed us is that fire you don't always have to wait for God to see fire in your life. You can call down fire. When you prepare your altar with consecration, saying, Lord, this month I'm going to wait on you and all of that, you can call down fire. Please, are you listening to me? You don't wait and observe your prayer life. Oh, I'm not praying as I should. Call down on fire. I want to give you a few minutes upon your altar and upon every altar here. Elijah called it, I can. Lord, on every altar, every human altar, let fire fall. Begin to pray right now. Your prayer should show readiness. Your prayer should show desire. No more lukewarmness. Let fire fall. No more laziness. Let fire fall.
Kapali, Reta Kapali, Rendele Menekai, Ashanda Lapaya, Rataka, Ata, hey, it's fallen, it's fallen, it's fallen, it's fallen, it's fallen, it's fallen. intentionality of Elijah to say set the altar put the sacrifice and he said to God that answers by fire hallelujah it is one thing to call for fire it is another thing to identify God with fire he answers by fire and interestingly, on that altar, there was water. The fire came, it licked off all the water. That might represent maybe inconsistencies in your life, you know, things that need to be corrected, laziness, lukewarmness. The fire of Jesus can lick it all up. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Because I know that according to your will, your spirit is ready to aid us to be a church of prayer, a people of prayer. And right now, from the north to the south, the east and the west of this hall, to every altar and on every altar that is ready, let fire fall! in any way the enemy has been taking advantage of your lukewarmness to attack you to bring in consistencies in your life I decree in the name of Jesus this is the end forever in the name of Jesus he said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength I prophesy newness of strength in your life from today. When it is time to pray, you will find the vigor of the Lord with you in the name of Jesus. Everyone under any spell, manipulation of the enemy, strange ailments without trace, in the mighty name of Jesus, and by the rod of our God, I bring an end to it now in the name of Jesus. I bring an end to it now in the name of Jesus. I bring an end to it now in the name of Jesus. 
The Bible says, if God who walks in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure, I pray in the name of Jesus, you are sponsored in your spiritual devotion. As you decide to study your Bible and pray more this month, receive the help of God. I said God is working with you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Walk in it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. Listen, I give you a few minutes to rejoice in the fullness of your God. I'm full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Say with me, it is done. Hallelujah. God bless you. Please be seated. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.